Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show that's for you. You that work so hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you today. You want that freedom and cash flow now, not 30 or 40 years from now, but you want it right now so that you can live that life that you love with those that you choose to love. But guys, it's so much more important than just being rich because as you're blessed financially, you can create a life that's rich by blessing the lives of others. That is a ripple effect that you can create. And that's the ripple effect I'm here to create for you today. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for binging and being a great part of this show. Hey, as always, reminder, if you haven't done so already, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to the Money Ripples channel if you haven't done so already. Now, we've got this on the Money Ripples podcast channel. Hopefully, you've subscribed to that already. But go to our Money Ripples channel because we've got videos coming out multiple times a week covering a variety of topics. And many of you keep asking and saying, I want to learn about this or this or this. We cover a lot of those topics there. So be sure to subscribe to that today. Hey, how amazing would it be if you could create monthly cash flow, passive income from making at least double digit returns on your money and get this, it's only $1,000 or more that you need to invest. Guys, that's exactly what Secured Investment Corp does. They actually do short-term lending to real estate investors that's backed by real estate that you can actually return double digit returns on. That means 10% or better. It's also IRA friendly and you can even reinvest those monthly distributions to create compound interest on your money too. If you want to learn more about that, go check out securedinvestmentcorp.com. That's secured, S-E-C-U-R-E-D, investmentcorp.com. So I want to talk about the recession that's apparently over, right? It was about to start, it was coming, and now it's over. At least that's what all the data says, right? The government keeps coming out with data saying that the unemployment rate's still low as it's ever been. We've got the GDP that's still going up, right? We got inflation that's still going up. And we've even got guys like Jerome Powell saying, well, we expect that there still could be a recession here. There's still a possibility. So there's people saying we should have had a recession, but it didn't happen. So is it ever going to really happen? I want to compare this to another time in history because here's the problem. Those of us that don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Now, granted, past history doesn't mean that things are going to happen exactly that way. But there is no doubt, I can guarantee if if you've used any kind of critical thinking at all, something doesn't smell right now, does it? Something doesn't seem right. The fact that the market's going up, even when it seems like spending has gone down. Now they will say, of course, sometimes, well, spending seems up this month, but then it's down. Is it really? How are people doing? And why are credit card balances going up? But talk about auto loan defaults and all these kind of things happening that showing people depleting savings. And maybe... Maybe we're just seeing people spend money because they feel like somehow, some way, it'll work out. But we also got student loans coming up, right? We got those coming due here this summer. We've got a lot of things starting to happen that kind of makes you wonder what's going to happen next. Will we keep seeing inflation? Will the rates keep rising? Will we see a recession happen? Let's go into it, right? Let's really talk about it. And I want to compare this to history. Specifically, I want to go back to the year 2000. This was the moment of Y2K. 
And so we had the dot-com boom. And I'm using this because there's a lot of similarities between then and now. Now, this is the time when I became a financial advisor. I was in the middle of that dot-com boom, then bust, right? That's when I became a financial advisor. I witnessed a lot of interesting things during that time that many people will ascribe certain events to causing stock markets to drop, but it really didn't. So I want to show you here what happened and how that might correlate to what we see today. All right. So this is a chart here. You'll see this is a candlestick chart, as they call it, from about 1996 through about 2003. Now, I'm showing you this because you go back in the 90s. The 90s was awesome. I mean, look at this. Right there in 1995, the end of 94, the S&P was at 459 points. We are now almost 10 times that today. Now we're almost 30 years later. Now, you'll see this here. It roars, right? I mean, we get to uh, end of 1995. It's already up to 615, so it jumped up like 30%. And then again, it jumps up and now another 30%. And it goes up again. I mean, the market just keeps going. So anyways, the market just keeps going up and up and away, right? So now we get to 2000. Now, Y2K, there was some scare here about, is it going to go down or not? And so we get the stock market, it gets up near 1500. Well, Y2K doesn't happen. Even though it goes down a little bit after the year 2000, computers didn't blow up. We didn't have this big clock reset. For those of you that remember this, I remember working for a company and one the software, they updated it, hoping that things wouldn't just go back to the year 1900, right? And it rolled right over to 2000, just like it should have. So in any case, it dropped for a little bit, but then look, it March, skyrockets back up. Now we get up to almost 1500 points. Now, right here, nothing seems to be a problem. Because look, even if you get to May or April, it goes down a little bit and into May, but still, I mean, you go from 1500 to about 1420. Now, that's roughly about a 5% or so drop, but it's not horrible. And then it comes back up. This kind of reminds me of this last spring, really, when you see the stock market. It's kind of been gradually going up, but it hasn't really dropped, right? It kind of went up and down, but stayed within that low 4,000 range in the S&P. Now, look here. It goes to the summer. Everything seems great. Now, we know that that's not the case because in hindsight, the whole Y2K thing, the bubble was bursting, right? The tech bubble had burst even by that point. But still, people were still thinking that tech stocks were okay. And remember, too, at this time, the S&P 500 was not as tech-heavy as it is today. Today, you got really the top six companies attributing for 28% of the movement in the S&P 500. That's a huge weighted average, where before we had a lot more variety of sectors and industries in here. So that's why even when I was a financial advisor 20-plus years ago, the S&P 500 seemed like a diversified place to be. Not the case anymore because everything's so tech heavy. But anyways, it goes up in August 2000. It's right back up over 1500. Seems great, doesn't it? Watch what happens in September. This is September of 2000, not 2001, right? This is not September 11th. This is a year prior to that. It starts to drop. So it goes, really drops about 80 points. It's about a 5% drop. A little tiny drop in October seems it's okay, but then bam, drops again. And it was already threatening it. You can actually see that the low had hit pretty much about the low of October is pretty much what it ended up being the low of in November as well. So it's hitting right that support. They call it support because it seems like stocks will bounce and hit certain prices. So the support level is right around 1300. And look, it stays the same. It starts to go back up. Maybe we're okay going to 2001. And then February drops again. Notice by this point, it's already dropped nearly 300 points. That's nearly a 20% drop since what had happened there in September going on into now, February of 2001. Then it drops again. That recovers a little bit because of that quick of a drop. It's going to do that. 
notice that this is like the stock market you're watching today. It seems like the, it might drop, but then goes up, and it seems like things might be fine. Remember, right now in 2023, we're still lower than the high in 2021. Now we're not as bad. We covered some of those losses, but that's the trick, right? That's the same thing happened in 2000. Yeah, it started to lose, but then it recovered, and then it started tanking. And this is what catches people. This is why people hang on too long in the stock market. They see it to go up and they think, oh, well, my financial advisor says it's good. The stock market says it's fine. And really, it looks good. Notice this. Four months in a row. Just so you know, the red candles mean that that month is down. Green candles means it's up. Four months in a row, June, July, August, then September. Now, September, we know it dropped a lot because we had September 11th. Here's what's crazy, though, guys. Many people will blame September 11th on the Y2K recession. It was already dropping, even by the time it got to August here, right? I mean, we already dropped almost 400 points. That's really nearly, it was not quite, it was about a 25% drop, even by that point of Y2K, or by the point of 9-11. Then, bam, it drops. But look, after 9-11, look what happens. The next quarter, the next three months, it goes up. It ends the year higher than it was before 9-11 because people went back to work. There was hope and optimism again, right? We came together as a country. It was a cool time for those of you that remember that experience. And then the first part of 2002, it seems okay, but here, this is where I experienced this firsthand as a financial advisor, right about there in March, it comes back up a little bit and then bam, April, May, June, July, and then all the way to September, it drops down to 815. That low of September 2002 is 700 points lower than the high. Almost, it was about a 45% drop from where it was just two years prior. 40% loss by that point. Now, of course, what happened in 2002? Why was that the biggest drop? Enron, WorldCom, Arthur Anderson, all this stuff where people realized that companies were lying about their numbers. So when Enron was cooking their books and we had WorldCom and all these companies going under, of course, the politicians want to step in and start doing Senate hearings. They want to know what's going on. And they start auditing a bunch of these companies, all the companies' stock market. As a result, nobody knew if their stock was good or not. So people started dumping stocks thinking, what if they were lying? What if these numbers aren't real? That was the worst year, not because of 9-11, not because of anything else, because it was really the kind of the extra black swan event here was because no one trusted the companies because so many had lied on their books. So more things got in order. Of course, by 2003, got in there in the spring, it started to come back up again. Now, remember, it didn't really get back up to where it was at 1500 until we get to 2007, right? Get to 2007 right there. Look, it's getting back up over 1500. We're like, yes, we're getting back to new all-time highs. And then fall of 2007, what happens? Financial crisis. And you can see what happens there. And especially as you go into 2008, hard crash. Yes, it recovered a little bit from 2009. But it took until really 2013 before it got back up to 1500 again. By the beginning of 2013, it took about 13 years to get back to where the market was. Do you see the problem here? And just so you remember, if you remember some of these other episodes I've said, many of my clients that were had put money in before 2000 or even around the year 2000, watched it tank and then watched it come back up. Most of them had to wait till 2015 before they could finally say, now, S&P got over 2000, now they had broken even because, of course, the fees were coming out all during those 13 to 15 years. That's why it took them extra time and the market had to come up higher than it was just to be able to do that. Now, is that what's going to happen again? I'm not saying that because if we flash forward to where we are today, whoops, I just about lost it. 
we had a high there in 2021, got up to almost 4,800, and then it came down. And now we're about, you know, even today, we're right around almost 4,400 point, right? That's good. We've seen that. I don't know why this is not showing it, but you can see here as of the end of June, we're just shy of 4,400 right now. So what does this mean? How does this apply to today? The problem was that people couldn't see what was coming. Now, there were some voices in the wilderness. There were some of those people that believed it, but many people didn't buy into it. They ended up just writing all the way down. And as a result of the psychology, people not wanting to lose, they held on and they lost not just money, because even when that money came back, they lost time. Imagine losing 15 years of your life from where you could have that money out today. What if those people in the year 2000 had pulled their money out and then invested somewhere else like real estate, which was great in the after the year 2000, even during the Y2K recession was great. Yes, even the financial recession later wasn't great, but because it got overvalued, it got to that point, it still bounced back. Those values held much better than they did than what the stock market did. And just so you know, we're not really teaching people to just to bank on home values. We want cash flow, right? That's the big thing. And of course, that was the one recession where you actually saw real estate get hammered pretty hard. Most recessions, real estate either stays pretty steady or even goes up at times. That's what we saw with Y2K. Home values still kind of increased during that period of time. Even in the 90s when there was recessions, same thing. 80s, real estate still held its value. I'm not saying you're just trying to hold value. I'm saying if you're looking for anything, what if those people in 2000 took that money, got it out, invested it differently? Where would they be today? Would they be a lot better off than losing to inflation? Because those 15 years, then inflation doubles. So really, it took them till today, 20 plus years later to say, I finally made my money back to maybe keeping up with inflation. I got a 0% return after inflation. Is that what you really want? Of course not. The one thing I love about you guys is that you guys get it, right? You're listening to the show because you understand it. It doesn't mean that you, you're not being pulled in different directions because there's tons of people telling you, don't you dare sell the market. It's a great time. What if it goes up? You might miss out. You might have that fear of missing out, but I can tell you that when it does go down and it will go down, you will definitely not be missing out on that. <laughs> you will not miss that opportunity. Hopefully you're not being hurt by that opportunity. You might even say, Chris, I've been listening to your show for years. You've been saying, don't be in the market. Yeah, I have. Now I can't legally give you advice here, but the stock market was overvalued three years ago in 2020. Heck, it was even overvalued in 2019. That's why in 2018, 2019, I thought this is the time. By 2020, it's going to go down. And it started to. And then of course, what happened? Everybody started pumping money in because of what was going on with COVID, right? So they started pumping money into the economy and overinflated that bubble bigger than it already was. The bubble in the stock market, I think, I think the stock market could easily drop the values in half of where it is today. I think that the stock market could drop easily to 2000 once again. Now, I'm not saying it won't recover after it hits that point. I'm just saying it's easily justifiable. The values and everything else, most traders, even stock traders I have that are friends of mine are hating the year 2023. Why? Because they hate the fact that their stocks are not a good buy right now. They don't want to buy it. Even the charts are telling them not to buy it. Everything is saying don't buy right now, yet people are still holding on because there's that denial. You don't want to pull your money out just in case the market goes up more. What if you can recover just a little bit more of those losses from 2022? What if I recover a little bit more and just get back to where I was? Then I'll get out. That is a trap that everybody gets caught in. And that's usually when the big money, the institutions, the big financial firms will pull their money out and you're left holding the bag 
And that bag shrinks on you because they pull out the big money, markets and stocks drop, and you're the one left over. I'm here to propose to you that you have another option. You do not have to suffer the same consequences that history has shown time and time again. And the stock market is ready for a bigger drop than what it had just in 2022. It's ready for a much bigger drop than that. The question is, do you want to be the one that suffers? Do you want to become another statistic of somebody who had to hold on and hope that the market will bring their money back up again? Or have to work harder and longer for more years just to do that? Do you want to be like everybody else where they're saying, I got to just hang in there. Maybe I just retire at 71 instead of 62 or 65. That's your choice, guys. I'm here to present another option that there are better ways to do it. And even in the real estate space right now, there are still better options than what you're seeing and hearing in the media. In fact, whatever the media is telling you, they're generally wrong. Because if they tell you don't do it, that's usually when I see the opportunity to do it and make more money. That's what I've learned over the last 20 plus years of investing. So if I do the opposite of what everybody tells me to do, I make money. I do the opposite of the financial advisors, I make money. I do the opposite of the financial talking heads, I make money. That is the real secret. That is why my voice is very contrarian. That's why you're hearing me say something different. I'm not saying you couldn't lose in real estate because you could. And in fact, the reality is you might end up picking some crazy dumb operator or somebody who has good intentions, but not a good operator. Or maybe they're a charlatan. Maybe there's somebody that's a great marketer. They're on all these podcasts saying, buy our crap, buy into our fund or our investment. And then they go under because they're just trying to trick you. There are all those people out there. That's why we have a community of people trying to weed that out, right? To try to find the people that do have integrity, that are good operators and can do that. Doesn't mean it's guaranteed, of course, but it definitely gives you a better odds of success when you know you have that right community of people to trust, people that you can put money with and potentially make, not just make your money, do something, but maybe make double digit returns potentially. So there's a lot of opportunity you can have here where you can keep your money and make more with it versus potentially losing your money with another bubble burst. And that bubble is dang big right now. Do you want to be in that place when it bursts? The question is, Will you be the first one to move or will you be the one that moves last after everybody else decides to bail? That's your choice. Guys, again, I'm not giving you advice here. I'm not telling you to do that. I just want you to consider that maybe, just maybe, this could be the time that's perfect for you. This could be the time that maybe people get tricked to staying in the market too long, just a little bit, and that's where they lose really their future. And I don't want you to do that. I want you to have a great future ability to say, wow, look what my money was able to make me do. So grateful the market made a comeback. Now this money's making better money for me. And it's actually producing passive income versus just zeros and ones based on whatever the market feels like that day and whatever AI trades and stuff like that happen. That's the key, guys, is that you have the control. You can put that finger on the button and do whatever you would choose to do. Put that back in your control. Don't let other people control you. You control your money, be a wise steward of it and make that money work harder for you so you don't have to work so hard for it. Guys, make it a wonderful and prosperous week. If you have any questions, reach out to us at moneyripples.com. Thanks. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.